This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year, right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customise your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live, or you're looking for some more deep-dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. Hello everybody and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy, live from Zandvoort. Here we are, Tom Bellingham, once again, post-Saturday, and we just experienced another wet-to-dry qualifying. F1 really be delivering on Saturdays. The weather gods know exactly what to do on a Saturday. Sadly not Sunday, but Saturday, they seem to absolutely nail it because... It feels like so many times this year we've gone into qualifying and it's the perfect conditions, isn't it, where wet at the start and then it's that that change to dries and we had it again for what feels like the sixth or seventh time this season. Yeah, the perfect scenario, having a wet to dry quality, if we're going to have that rain because it means we get action throughout. It doesn't mean that we have you know the best conditions at the start of a session and it means that we then get 15 minutes of no running. It was Perfect, and you're giving me a little smirk. Mm, so I want to know perfection. why you're, why you're, what you, you look like you're about to laugh or no, something. No, no you're just, you're just happy. You're just a little I'm bit happy. delirious. I'm Love happy. Sunburnt, but yeah. Sunburnt. God. I feel very warm. I can't it's been believe. It's raining all day. How I know. Sunburnt. It's, it feels very warm. I've got the sun beaming down on me after leaving the house absolutely freezing and uh, braving the rain, and now I feel like. We're in like Abu Dhabi or something and I'm boiling hot. Wow. All the climates yep. right now. Right, let's get into Q1, shall we? And it was a wet to dry quali, which meant we had chaos throughout. Um, one of the big points that we were slightly concerned about was Piastri and Sainz mm. uh, having almost a very um, questionable moment where Sainz was coming out of the pits, Piastri wasn't on a lap, and they both nearly collided in Q1, which... Wouldn't have done us too many favours, considering, you know, the P1 curse and blah, 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 blah. I mean, after stuff. everything that's happened this weekend, if then we'd gone into qualifying and those two had collided in Q1, I genuinely think no one would ever let us speak to an F1 driver no. ever again. No, no more driver interviews. But that didn't happen, thankfully. Uh, who went out? Joe, Ocon, Magnussen, Bottas and Lawson. Out of those five, Ocon. Yeah, what's... Yeah, nightmare for Ocon. I, I feel like Ocon's qualifying, and I don't have his stats in front of me, but I don't feel like they've been very good this year. No, it, it's kind of... I feel like Ocon, sometimes he'll be in the drop zone, and you've gone, oh, why is why is Ocon down there? And then, yeah, I guess the, the standout performance is Monaco, where he's obviously really good, but then other times he's been absolutely terrible. And yeah, in an Alpine, should not be going out. 
um, in Q1 at all. No, he certainly shouldn't. So, so he was out. Of course, Lawson qualified 20th. Actually looked at some points like yeah. he wasn't going to qualify last. I just think perhaps he didn't execute on his final lap where, again, the, the track was ramping up. But yeah. I would say fair play. Like it, it was looking promising for a lot of that. Probably the hardest time to jump into a car. I don't think there are worse conditions that no. you could have put a driver in. Changeable, slippery, changing tyres. When we looked out the window just before qualifying, it was apocalyptic rain. I mean, they, the F2 race didn't even, they didn't even get a race in. So it was that bad. And yeah, I mean, if you're Liam Lawson looking out the window, you're just like, oh God. Yeah. I, you know, could this be any more difficult? He was on ultimate challenge mode for his debut, really. He certainly was. Question from at Rosa Claver. Is a better place than P20 possible and realistic for Liam Lawson? And it's possible if he doesn't crash, because I feel like there might be a few mistakes tomorrow that will go against your crazy prediction, Tommy, where you said all cars will be classified. But when we look at the weather that's potentially coming, it looks similar to what we've experienced today. Not sure exactly when the weather's going to hit. It's probably when we're walking to the track again. Yeah. Um, but... I think Liam just needs to keep it on the black stuff tomorrow, especially if we get another changeable condition session. He does. He's got kind of, there's no pressure like we said yesterday. It's, as long as he's not doing silly things and, and crashing and having a mare, um, then should be all good. He had a little moment in free practice three, which um, I'm sure slight underwear change was, was needed after that. What a What a like a scary place to have, be facing the wrong way the banking, as uh, the yeah. banking around the final corner. But um, but Lawson, look, no no criticism at all for that. Uh, criticism for Magnussen. Yeah. Resigns, knocked out again, another poor qualifying from him. Have Hask on the right direction with these two again for next year? That was the one sort of, I suppose, potential from both of our you know, thinking yeah. uh, when we looked to 2024 driver lineups was Magnussen and whether his seat would be up for grabs. But they've locked him in, I would say, relatively early, considering the form that he's been showing. And even after the summer break now, knocked out in Q1, Hulkenberg managed to get out. It's just a, it's the same trend again. Yeah, and the person that does seem to be under pressure is Zhou Guan Yu, who's beaten Bottas in qualifying. And yeah, he's been knocked out, but he's ahead of Bottas, which... I personally think if Xiao Guan Yu loses his seat, it's very, um, very harsh. Um, Agreed. Because yeah, he's done a, a good job uh, alongside Bottas, who I know is nineteenth. Exactly. Bottas is technically last. Let's say that because Lawson. Yeah. If Ricardo was in that car, he was not qualifying twentieth. So no. Bottas was the last of the experienced drivers. Experience meaning more than one race under their belt. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? I oh, know. I don't know. This is a guy that used to out-qualify Hamilton sometimes on his day. Yep. Uh, it's not going well for Bottas this year. It's he just not. has his moments. He's very good at um, bicycle riding and winning his and being way Duff in man. beer and stuff, but not, not Formula One at the moment. Yeah, because if we're going to talk about who should lose their seat at Alfa Romeo, if there has to be someone, it's going to be Bottas. But I think the problem around Joe is there's a lot of talk around the finances. And yeah. Formula One is run on money, as we all know. Let's move to Q2 then, and the track was getting drier, but it was still intermediates, and the big shock was Lewis Hamilton not making it through 
uh, to Q3, and he he struggled a lot both in Q1 and Q2 with just cars, just cars in front of him, blocking, so on and so forth. Yeah, he's going to have a really difficult race from 13th uh, yeah, around Zandvoort. Right. Uh, the other drivers out were Stroll, Gasly, Sonoda and Hulkenberg. Sonoda doing an okay job, I yeah. think. There was talk about Dan Danny Rick getting into the top 10 or looking like he would get into the top 10 with his pace from practice and whatever. Or I know that there was lots of things flying around about the potential of 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 uh, of that Alpha Tauri. So Sonoda not anything to really get excited about. Holkenberg, you wondered maybe whether there'd be a bit more in in him considering his qualifying performances this year. And it's his dream conditions. He loves yeah. it. But sadly not. Um yeah it was it's another weird Formula One weekend where we don't actually really know the form because Quali's been, you know, complete well not washout, but unusual conditions. A lot of cars, um, Ferrari, were seemed like they were set up for kind of drier conditions. They were um, set up for a completely different circuit. I think, yeah, mate. turn one. Oh my god, the amount of times they just went straight on. It was like watching a replay a thousand times. It was insane. It was. It was great. It was great to watch. Thanks for bringing that up, Tommy. But they did make it through to Q three, and who else made it through to Q three? Logie Bear, Logan Sargent. Tom Bellingham, what do you have to say to this man? Well done, Logie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was uh, apparently he's the first American to qualify in the top ten since 1993. Which so Scott was... Speed never made it through the Q3. No, or, the only... or Rossi or anyone <laughs> like that. Yeah, so um, yeah, he did uh, a good job to make it through, and then binned it. and then binned it. We'll, yeah, get, we'll that. get into that, but the fact that I mean. Yeah, he's made it through, but then Albon was so quick. And, you know, he's... Yeah, he scraped through to Q3, but was still nearly eight-tenths behind exactly. his teammate, which I think more showed the potential of that Williams, especially in the yeah. hands of Alex. But, um, yeah, we'll get to that right now. Q3, then. And Logan Sargent decided to uh, throw it in the wall. Um, Didn't fancy... Uh, Q3. No, like, I've, made like, it. I've had a taste nah. of this. Don't like it. Too much driving. Um, and of course, that caused a, a, a relatively long red flag, um, which then dried the track out a bit, a bit too much. I think maybe you know we maybe. just wanted that. We wanted that kind of slippery conditions all the way to the end. At least I did, because it's all. That's when you get the the differential and perhaps even a crazier grid than than maybe what we got. But um, yeah, Logan just pushing a bit too hard. Maybe got a bit too excited being in Q3. He's like. Pole position, I can do it, just so I can throw that middle finger up at Tom Bellingham. That that was his motivation, I think. Maybe it was. Um, yeah, he <laughs> he did. Yeah, obviously did did well to to make it into the session. But um, yeah, it was w when they started. A few people were still on inters, weren't they? Which again, just the weather is just perfect this year for yeah. the, for those sessions where. You know, we, we get to the end of Q2 and La I think it was Lando, wasn't it, that came on the radio and was like, I reckon we could risk a slick tyre. And it was that borderline because some people did actually go out on the inters and then realised, no, it is the slicks. And then the track, of course, gets faster and faster. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was so dry at the end, thanks to uh, not just the one red flag. That is a horrible segue. So the second red flag of Q3 happened. Um, can't remember what actually happened. Um, Who was it? Don't want to talk about it. 
Uh, yeah, there was a red flag. That's all that matters, really. Uh, Max was on pole the end. Go on. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, the session resumed. And Charles Leclerc decided that he wanted to take probably about 20 mile an hour too quick, too much, into, I don't know what corner number that is, turn seven, turn eight, something like that. Yeah. Uh, ran wide, went on to the, um, the wet stuff, and then threw himself into the wall. Which, I mean, to be honest with you, had been coming the entire weekend with the amount of lockups, near oh misses, word. everything else that happened. I was waiting for it and it eventually happened. If anything, I'm actually celebrating the fact that Charles Leclerc made it through to Q3 because it nearly didn't happen. Um, so I'm saying that is a win. The Fer- <laughs> wow. Uh, the Ferrari guys had so many moments, didn't they, all weekend, really. Um, and Leclerc actually as well, before I forget, popped off at Ferrari, did he not... Uh, after Q1. Yes, because he nearly didn't make it and had a lot a lot of traffic, but then, yeah, did make it into Q3, but then binned it, which we've seen this a lot with Charles Leclerc. He is brilliant, and it's part of why he's so good is his unbelievable speed, and that's why he can somehow pull out a pole position in a Ferrari that probably shouldn't get a pole position, but then the other side of it is, you know, he's pushing so hard that... He does crash more more mm. than others, and um, yeah, it's you know as we will know with the the compilation of your pain by, that we will surely make at the end of the year. It's not the first time it's happened this year. No, uh, there is there are, there are there are quite a few mistakes creeping into mm. Charles Leclerc's um, season this year, and that's the end of that conversation. Pretty much, yeah, he's not. It's not really it's not his best season. No, he's not having not uh, a great a great season because you think if he's just I know he's pushing because the car's not there, but you know you just need to have Everyone's a solid pushing. yeah exactly a solid right. midfield not midfield but well I guess Formula One point five is now after Red Bull so you know it is consistency um, that's allowed you know Fernando Alonso for example his consistency has been unbelievable and the fact that he's not made mistakes and sometimes that Aston Martin isn't even the fourth or fifth best car but the consistency is why he is where he is in the in the championship yeah and he hasn't had that consistency I mean I wore this lovely bracelet that was given to me yesterday by a, a wonderful P1 fan that says Leclerc on it and hearts and what did it give me Leclerc in the wall in qualifying so that's fun. Uh, whether I'll wear it tomorrow, I have yet to decide. At Mal Isepo, how is Matt doing after quali? So how would I sum up my emotions? Well, it's funny because so many people have spoken to me over the weekend, come and said hello. You know, you guys are all amazing. And it's always, oh, how do you think Ferrari are going to do? And I always say that my expectations for them are so low that... We take a Q3 at this rate, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we take a Q3 and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the race. But it, it, honestly, the, the downfall has been quite dramatic. And I think maybe if I was to ask myself, how am I? Uh, there might be a can of worms that come out, but, um, yeah, get a little teary, actually. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. 
We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritizes your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com p1pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P1pod. Let's move on from Ferrari and talk about Max Verstappen taking pole by half a second. We said, oh, it's a bang of quality. But it's always Max Verstappen. Yeah. Inevitable. He sure is. Just does his thing in any condition, snow, rain, thunder, whatever there is. There was literally there thunder. There was actually. That there scared was thunder. the life out of us. Yeah, the we're... fork of lightning. And we were like, oh, the weather gods. Here they come. Maybe they're about to rustle up something. Nope, Max Verstappen And Max pole. went, good, I'll be on pole by even bigger margin. Mm. than Which is true. Um, we've seen it every session that we've had rain, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's been, been the case. Yes, I believe Max has done almost everything, uh, apart from a, a couple of uh, pole positions, what, for Perez and George Russell yeah. and Hamilton. No, not George Russell, Hamilton. George isn't the pole, is he? No. And Charles. Charles. Charles had a double podium. Let's talk about Baku. Should, let's, let's go back in time. Let's talk about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix qualifying. <laughs> but, but what I will say is, um, yeah, being here at the Dutch Grand Prix, you know, the crowd are unbelievable. Like, the roar when... Max put it on pole was quite something. Yeah, uh, it still never gets old here. The the vibes are insane. All the techno music. As is the, the techno, techno yeah. music that's on all the time. Um, 
So Max was amazing, as we know, but the star of qualifying, if we're thinking of anyone other than Max, is of course Alex Albon in a glorious P4. It's a sensational performance, if you ask me. He looked good throughout the entirety of quali. He was always up there. And we're thinking, oh, maybe, because we got excited about him in the dry. In, in practice, he looked quite strong, but then that was similar to Silverstone. Then we had changeable conditions, and actually the Williams wasn't very good. Here, didn't matter what condition. No, they were good. Well, he topped Q1 uh, when it was quite wet um, and then dried out, and they were still really good. So, my word, what a turnaround from Williams to be that team that were just, you know, the butt of every joke three or four years ago, you know, when it was like Kubica and Russell in there and they were just at the back so far off the pace. Um, and now, yeah, Alex Albon putting it on the second row is unbelievable, really. Yeah, if, if Charles hadn't crashed, we might have had the Twitch quartet altogether on the same part of the grid because you've got Lando mm. in second, George in third, Alex in fourth. Um, so, yeah, that's... Why did I bring that up? That's about Ferrari again, isn't it? Um, <laughs> question at Jones RF873. Can Albon challenge for a podium or is it about keeping position for him? I think he genuinely could challenge for a podium tomorrow. I think that they've got solid pace. That you know, They're fighting amongst McLaren, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Ferrari, four different teams. Well, sorry, five different. Six different. Six different. Yeah, six different teams in the top six. That's wild, isn't it? That is crazy. Um, to see. I, and I think it will be a, a fascinating battle. I think Lando might have a little bit more in him because yeah, he looked yeah. very good in, in, in practice again. And I, I wonder whether Lando will have a, quite a, a boring second place victory for him where he'll be a little bit ahead of the, the rest that are behind and Max will be in Narnia. That's kind of how I see the race unfolding. I mean, Albon, yeah, he does genuinely have a chance, right? Because we know how hard that Williams is to overtake as well. Like Williams hard to overtake, and at Zandvoort. So realistically, you know, if he can get a good start, maybe past Russell, he's going to be very hard to overtake. Indeed. At Aiden1874, do you think if Albon didn't already supposedly have a contract with Williams for next season, he could have been the second driver at Red Bull next season? God, what a, what a turnaround that would have been for the books. Although I still wholeheartedly believe Albon should not go anywhere near Red Bull ever again. It, what, it nearly killed his, his F1 career dreams one time. Don't go there again. Unless Max goes and retires, then take the seat. But I don't think he should go up against Max because there's only one way that's going to end because Max is unbelievable. So, yeah, I think that he wouldn't have gone to Red Bull because I, I believe he, he might have a bit more sense than that. Yes, because... You know, it can't be a coincidence that, you know, Perez is now falling into that trap of Albon and Gasly. And, you know, I don't, some people do. I personally don't believe that it is a case where, like, they're, they're favouring Max to a point, but it's not like, and even Perez himself has said, you know, they don't give me a worse car. It's just, I'm not, I can't deliver what Max can do in it. And... We've now seen so many drivers go alongside Max and not be able to deliver that why would Albon go back and risk doing the same thing when actually he seems to be this really hot property now to the point where 
you know, there's talk that he might even end up a Ferrari or something like that in, in the future. So he's looking in a great place for when the driver market, because certainly next year it's very boring, like there's not, not many changes at all. But when it does kick into life, I don't think that there's any point, you know, <laughs> you, you could go to you go to Red Bull and even if you do slightly better than Perez and finish like fourth or, or fifth, or you do really well at Williams where you're the talk of everyone like, oh, Albon's doing so well this year that when the driver market comes up and there's space, Albon is is probably the most sought, going to be one of the most sought after drivers there is. So, yeah, he's having a brilliant season. And I mean, just it's, it's almost in a weird way. It's like, not that it's not a shock, but Williams being in P4, it's like, oh, what a good job. But you kind of almost have to take yourself back to when they were absolutely awful and go, that is unbelievable that Williams are P4. And also we talk about him moving to a, a better team, a top team. What about Williams themselves? You know, people have asked me yeah, that quite end. a lot. James Vowles at the helm, I he's he's my favourite team principal. I genuinely think that he will build something very special and be a team principal that will be remembered in years and in, in years to come. But I guess it's how quickly can Williams deliver that car that potentially Alex Albon can lead at the front. Because if you go to Red Bull, you are essentially accepting that I'm not going to be world champion. Let's put it that way. If you're up against Max Verstappen, unless you genuinely believe, and I don't think anyone beats Max Verstappen in that Red Bull no, team. No. So you do then think, right, okay, can you actually lead Williams back towards the front of the field? How far can they get? Otherwise, you're then going to a Ferrari and then you're up against Charles Leclerc and it's his team. If Carlos decides to leave or if you go to Red Bull, you're up against Max. It's a, it's a different kind of setting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I know McLaren have a lot more money and better facilities and stuff than Williams, but we've seen the turnaround that McLaren have made and we were having the same conversation with Lando of like, oh, Lando needs to get out of McLaren because they're not improving and, you know, maybe you do take a punt on the second Red Bull seat. But now you're like, well, actually, you know, McLaren are on the up and he's looking like a, in a great position to like lead that team to some really good success. So, yeah, I, I think it is worth Albon sticking with Williams for another year and then assessing his options. Final question comes in from RJA Muskins. What to do with Perez? 1.3 seconds behind and behind a Williams. Hmm. It's almost just normal, though. No, but this is crazy. That gap is outrageously bad. 1.3 seconds behind your teammate, around a 1 minute 10 lap. Yeah, that is incredibly poor. I'm starting to believe he won't be there next year. Really? Yep. Who, though? It's difficult to think who. Daniel Ricciardo. But then he, the problem is now his hand is broken. Yeah. Um, because I, I think Red Bull would, would swap them or whatever. You know, I don't... Because Perez is... He's not performing at a Bottas level. No, uh, that's what they need, yeah. Perez is not even close to Lando Norris in second. Every week at the moment, it's a recovery drive and it constantly carries on. There's no, there, there's no signs of it stopping. Like, there was a gap for Perez to slot into Half today. a second. Half a second yeah. between Verstappen and anyone else. And he couldn't get within 1.3. Yeah, it's not it good, It really does it? bode the question how, how patient a Red Bull going to be, because I don't think they will be. Let's remember, this is Red Bull. Yeah, I know. It's, it's such a weird thing to be 
happening because I just, I just, at this stage, I just can't see how it's going to go. Just the fact that they are so dominant with Max's car and Max can win it on his own. Um, but it's just a bit, it's kind of demoralizing for, for Perez and, and just shows that what a weird situation. Actually, now I think about it, you've completely flipped of Alex Albon was in the Red Bull getting completely demoralized by Verstappen and everyone was going, oh, Albon's absolutely useless. Perez was in that racing point performing unbelievable drives. Everyone's like, now they've switched and now the whole narrative yeah. of swap between them, which just shows that, I mean, that kind of also answers the question of why Albon shouldn't go back to, to Red Bull. But um, yeah, it's crazy that that has whole switched and Perez is now, everyone saying, is a bit um, washed. I knew you were going to say washed. I was like, you, I, like my whole try, time I was like, thought, we've not tried to think of another word. And I was like, no, I'm going to say And it. there it is. Um, now, let's, I'm not saying that Perez is a bad driver because he's not. He's proved no, he's himself. Not. Like no, He's he proved himself on countless occasions, especially away from the Red Bull seat, but also in the Red Bull seat at times. But Something's you, not working. Something isn't working. And it, it's, it's a constant trend of that second driver's seat not working. Um, so I'm not blaming Perez as such, but I think there is something there that, that maybe needs tweaking uh, from Red Bull's side. But look, they've got Max who, who can win the championship on his own. So uh, that's uh, it's quite a nice position to be in, isn't it? Sure is. They're looking unbelievably good. So that is about it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this qualifying roundup. Tell me what's your final thoughts. My final thoughts are I've almost convince you, convinced you that it's a good thing if Max wins because we don't want to miss that moment where he doesn't win live on Twitch because we're going to be at the race so it'd be good vibes he'll match the record in Zambort and then, and then Ferrari and win then at Monza win. <laughs> and then Ferrari win at Monza what a jubilation that will be I can't wait for it honestly Monza that's where it's happening Ferrari clip that clip it up as much as you like I don't care See you soon. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.